0: I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1, and I want to talk about living in the blessing. Now, I've been around a long time in the sense of just, you know, I started traveling in the ministry at a pretty young age, back in 1986 and 87. I don't know if you all in here would remember, he was my first mentor in the ministry. His name was Pastor Sam Mayo, and uh, him and I, we were very close, and uh, he would take me on, you know, uh, hospital visitations and things like that. Uh, and he would always say to me, uh, how many of you know who he is? He'd say, uh, Hank, uh, what does uh, the spirit of God saying to our church? And so I would, you know, tell him what I heard the Lord say and different things. But I've learned something since that time. You can go into quite a few churches and you ask people, how you doing? And they'll say, oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And it's amazing to to me that, you know, how many of you ever done that? You you ask somebody, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. And then they go, they follow up. Well, I'm blessed, but you know, I got this thing going on. (laughs) How many of you ever had that? Or how many of you ever had somebody say they're blessed and then they give you a whole list of all the things that are going wrong in their life. And you wish you would have just said nothing. (laughs) You ever been there before? (laughs) No, no, no. But people will say oftentimes, well, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But do you really understand why you're blessed? Do you really understand why Jesus came? Do you really understand what it means to live in the blessing that was given to us by and through grace? Amen? So I want you to look at Psalm chapter 1, and I want you to notice the first word. Blessed. Someone say blessed. 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 I like that word. Blessed is so now you want to know how to get blessed watch blessed is the man the woman there's only two man or woman blessed is the man or the woman who walks not someone say not, not in the counsel of the ungodly so why do i want to listen to the news Why do I want them to give me counsel on what they say is the future of our nation? I'd rather hear what God has to say. I like to go into the throne room and listen in the court of heaven to the counsel of God. What are you saying about the future of America? And I'm gonna tell you, it's very opposite of what they're prognosticating. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, they don't get caught up in woke definitions or redefinitions, where they want to counsel you. Well, this is what that word means. You know, one of the greatest challenges I've had as a children's book writer and a comic book writer is having to literally study every single word I put in a in a story because somebody may take it the wrong way. This is ridiculous some things that used to be just a common word that you would use just to in a nice conversation you now have to go and search it in the urban dictionary because some pervert has turned it and twisted it into something else blessed is the man though who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly i don't care what they have to say i'm not interested in their evolution I'm not interested in their psychology Nor stands in the path of sinners. In other words, where are you standing? Some people, we've got a primary coming up on Tuesday. And you know where they stand? They stand with a bunch of absolute donkey liberals. Leftists. Democrats who want to steal your freedoms. Push socialism and Marxism on you. And you want to identify yourself with the donkey party? You're standing in the seat of a lot of the sinners. But then you come over to the right and you've got rhinos now. Republicans who are supposed to be God-fearing, so to speak. Conservatives are in name only. This is why you've gotta do your research. No matter if it's the left, and let me just say this. The left the, the reason I'm so hard on them is because you can go to their website still today, and they will tell you that they are the potty party potty. yeah, they are. They are the potty. And I can get real bad, but we're behind a pulpit. But they are the party they say on their website of the godless. I saw the most hideous. Video of these ladies out there absolutely protesting and declaring that they have a right to their body and the right to murder a child. And one lady gets up and she leads a chant. And she says, and you know what we're going to do if we get pregnant? Is we are going to take that little sucker and we're going to rip every single one of his limbs out of us. And the place cheered. I thought, are you kidding me? And they're holding up Democrat signs. Come on, preacher. Blessed is the man, the woman, that doesn't vote those idiots in office. (laughs) Blessed is the man, the woman, that does not stand in the seat of the sinners or side with them. Even any rhino, I don't care if they're a Republican. You better know what they stand for. That's right. We've got some guy that's running for governor that's very soft on COI, uh, critical race theory. That's being endorsed by our governor. Someone was asking and said, Well, one of the candidates, two weeks before the primary, has gotten accused of sexual harassment, who do you think we should vote for? And the guy said, I'm voting for that one. Because anybody, yeah, his name is Herbster, anybody that's, anybody that gets accused two weeks before a big primary, hmm, interesting. That man's a born-again Christian. Yeah, but pastor, didn't you know the accusations? Listen, have you understood, I'm not saying, listen, he's got to stand before God, I've met the man. But they will do whatever they can. And it's interesting, if you're going to accuse somebody, why do you support them? And why have you supported them? If you're so traumatized. I'm just asking questions for a friend. I'm not endorsing anyone. I'm just reading the news. Hmm, interesting. Oh, I always do. You don't have to worry about that. All right. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, the media, who doesn't stand in the path of these dipstick rhinos and donkeys, or doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful where you get on social media and you're in your seat mocking and your delight is in the word of God, the law of the Lord, the ways of God, the kingdom of God. And in his word, I will meditate day and night. Now watch the blessings. He, that person, not the one that's listening to all the weird stuff out there and citing, you know, it's amazing how many of these pastors that are sitting up there, they're so afraid to say anything behind their pulpit. And then you got others that they're so afraid to say anything about the Democrats because they got black people in their church. But you know how many black people are starting to say, you know what? We have been absolutely lied to, used and abused by the Democratic Party. And we ain't tolerating this stuff anymore. It's amazing to me. How can you be empowered to live the blessed life when you got preachers that aren't telling you truth? But watch here now. By the way, you know who educated me about the Democratic Party? Was a black man. One of the greatest, finest men that have ever walked this planet. And he was my best friend. And we talked almost every day For 16 years, his name was Bishop Harry R. Jackson. And he said, I want to make sure, Hank, that you understand what has been done to the black race. And I want you to understand what truly this is all about. Abortion, Planned Parenthood, exterminating, trying to exterminate the black race. He taught me so much. He taught me so much about the black culture. He taught me a lot. And he said now I want to listen. Tell me. Teach me about your culture. He said I don't believe everybody's a white supremacist. Teach me. And I would sit there and I'd learn from him. And he was the most wisest man I think that ever walked in modern time. That, that guy. How many of you know who Bishop Harry R. Jackson is? I miss him. I'm going to start crying if I keep talking about him because I love him so much. But so, so don't when you hear these comments, don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. I can back it up. History will support what I say. You got to get educated. Don't just do something because grandma did it. Grandma grandma may not have known better. Well, pastor, are you telling me to be a Republican. I know I'm telling you, don't vote for a donkey and don't vote for a rhino. Now let's watch. I didn't mean, mean to get off of that. Look at the results of a blessed life. He shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. He will bring forth fruit in its season. So how many know that's blessing? Yes, yes. Whose leaf shall not wither? How many know if your leaf doesn't wither, it means you are one healthy cuss. Amen. I didn't say you cuss, I said you're one healthy cuss. And whatever you do shall be blessed or prosper. Now, how many want to live the blessed life? So what God is trying to say is, listen, there is a way that you can be part of the blessed life. And he tells you, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Watch what you're listening to. Watch what you support. You know, I know people today, they're so soft because their relatives, you know, might be a homosexual or a lesbian. So you know what? They're so soft. They won't say anything. They'll just stand in that same ungodly council and think it's okay. But they ignore what God said because they're not meditating in his word day and night. God doesn't hate them. He just sets it out. You know why God placed a man and a woman and said, this is how you procreate? Is because there has to be some kind of boundaries and order. Otherwise, anything goes. So God says, it's going to be a man and a woman. And when they come together in marriage, they have babies. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. It's not to be, well, I've just, you know, identify myself with a tree. So I'm going to marry a tree. You're welcome to branch out if you want, but that's all right. So God wants you to have a blessed life. Watch this. He wants you to live a life. That's not withering. It's not failing. Barely getting by, suffering, sickness, disease, pain, frustration. He doesn't want you to have a life of depression, despair. Divorce even, discouragement, struggling financially, struggles in your marriage, struggles with your family, job, or life itself. Now I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 because part of it is we have a choice. And I'm going to show you when Jesus died on the cross, he gave us through covenant the right For a blessed life. Deuteronomy 30. God now is speaking. And he's declaring. And he says. I call heaven and earth. Of this witness. Today. That I have set before you. Watch this. God sets before us. Life and death. In other words. That's just part of life. There's life and death. There's things that will bless you. And there's things that will curse you or hurt you. So God gives you the answer. To the test. How many of you ever, when you went to school, you had a teacher that would give you the answers to the test? I loved it. That was my favorite teacher. <laughs> so one's Mike. When you, you know, Mike used to be a school teacher. They would never give you anything. No, you wouldn't. Would you give the answers, Mike? No, come on, Pastor Mike. That's why I'm glad I didn't go to your class. I like the ones that give you the answers. All right. God gives you the answers. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose what? Choose life, the blessed life, which is healing, health, wholeness, soundness of mind, provision, and both you and your descendants will live. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Hank, how come, though, you know, some people, they, they aren't living in the blessed life. Well, Pastor Brenda said it very good on Wednesday, and if you haven't heard that message, you need to go back and listen to it. But look at uh, Proverbs 18, verse 21. The reason some folks are not living the blessed life is because they're choosing the curse. In other words, they may not cuss, but they curse. You know how they curse? They speak wrong over their body. They speak wrong concerning their health. They speak wrong concerning their marriage. They speak wrong concerning their wife. Oh, my wife is so controlling. Oh, my husband's an idiot. I've heard people say that about their spouse before. And I've just stood there and I look at them like, are you crazy? You know, people cursing their dogs. Amen, even if you own a cat, you shouldn't do it. (laughs) Amen. That could be a catastrophe. But here's the real deal. Let's go on. All right. So one of the ways that you can actually hinder your blessed life is by your mouth. Look at what the scripture says. Notice it says death, death, death. It speaks death first, death and life are in the power of your tongue. And whatever you speak the most, the death, your problems, the curse, or life, the blessing, you will eat the fruit of it. Some people wonder, well, I don't know why everything is going wrong in my life. Well, I'm here to ask you, track your words. If you would track your words, according to this scripture, the fruit of your life is dependent upon what are you speaking. That's why you need to command a crop failure. You need to get out that weed whacker and just start (laughs) command a crop failure on all those bad words. I'm not speaking bad over my marriage anymore. I'm not calling my wife an old lady. I'm calling her a uh, 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 uh. A sure fine. My wife has her own label. I call her sure fine. I said, baby, you're sure fine. Sure fine. Amen. So I got a great marriage. We know how to talk to one another. My dogs are blessed. I speak over them. You're blessed. And they do this. German shepherds do this. Kind of like teenagers. You know? Clean up your room. No, you can't drive yet. Okay. But whatever the fruit of your life is, you got to go back. What are you saying out of your mouth? Got to track your words. Now, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says another reason why people don't live the blessed life. Sometimes it's a lack of knowledge. Sometimes people don't know that that what Jesus paid for with his own blood is the right for you to live the blessed life. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, let's answer the question. Why did Jesus come? Brother Hagan was
1: saying, how many know who Brother Hagan is? He's, he, I heard him, he was just, he goes, well, hallelujah. Now, if you notice over there, we're gonna talk about the God kind of life. Amen, thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question. I am, I, amen. So, uh, why, did, uh, why did Jesus come? And, he, and they answer, and he says, I'm gonna ask you again. I said, uh, why did Jesus succumb? They said, the answer, he goes, well, notice over here in John chapter 10. Amen, over there in verse 10, I want you to see it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you notice there in the 10th verse of John chapter 10 is why Jesus came. All right, now here it is.
0: Look at, look at verse 10. Those of you that don't know who it is, you're going, Huh? John chapter 10, verse 10. Brenda said it's spot on. All right. I called Brother Copeland the other day.
1: He answers, Hello, Hank. I said, Well, hallelujah. No, this is uh, Brother Hagin. Amen. Are you listening? He goes, Oh, brother, that's really good.
0: tell you about my friend Bishop Harry Jackson? So I decided to call him up and I imitated Pat
1: Robertson. He answers, hello, this is Bishop Jackson. I said, uh, hello, uh, this is uh, Pat Robertson of the uh, 700 Club. He goes, really? I said, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Pat Robertson. He goes, really? I said, yes. He goes, just a minute. All of a sudden I hear, uh, hello, this is Pat.
0: I didn't disguise my voice for two weeks after that also. All right. How are you here? All right, look at John 10. So the devil, sometimes when I call, I call my staff to see how they would react to a weirdo. Oh, Amy over there is going, yes, yes. I have a new one that I've been doing and I got Gene Bailey the other day. I was trying out for flashlight. <laughs> All right, can we, let's preach the word here. All right, so, so look at verse 10. Okay, so the thief, that's the devil. Someone say the devil. He comes, now watch what the devil does. Jesus not one time says, and I also am the same way, and so is your father. He says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus makes a distinction. He says, but, or you could insert that, I have come. So why did Jesus come? Hallelujah. I've come that you might have what? Life. Life. Now that word life, this is what he was teaching, is called Zoe. It's the God kind of life. Amen. So the God kind of life. How many want the God kind kind of life? Amen. But notice what he says about the kind of God kind of life Or this. In the Greek, it's called Zoe. So he says, I've come that you might have this God kind of life and that you might have it what? (laughs) Oh, people who don't believe in blessing. He used the word. He cussed among the religious circles. He said, yo, I've come that you might have Zoe, God kind of life, and more. Oh, don't say that. More. He didn't say less. He said more. He is the god of more. So part of your blessed life is, you know what I look at it this way. My if I am really in the blessing of God, I should have more blessing in 2022 than I had in 2021. Yeah, but
1: don't you know the high gas prices I don't give
0: a rip. Even though I paid a lot of money for it the other day. But I just say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God, this is going, I prophesied to it too, and I say it's going down, 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 down. So here's the thing, more abundantly. You You know what abundant means? It means we always say, well, he's El Shaddai. How many of you ever said that? The Hebrew, he's El Shaddai. Well, what does El Shaddai mean? The God that is more than enough. So Jesus says, I'm coming to give you the God kind of life and more abundantly. Come on, more abundantly. More than enough. Yes. Overflow. Yes. Excess. Yes. You know what the word more also means? And abundantly, it means lavish. Great increase. That's a God kind of life. Well, you say, well, Pastor Hank, how did I get that? Go to John chapter 3. Look at John chapter 3. So in John chapter 3, this is how you got the God kind of life. It, it, it really came by your decision to choose life. Well, what life did you choose? Okay, how many of you were going down a wrong road fast until you called on Jesus and you received him, what? Into your life. And then God himself comes and lives inside of you. You received by grace and by covenant right through Jesus's blood. When you asked him to come in, he brought his Zoe, he brought his life into you. So now you have the God kind of life already in you. It's up to you how you choose to walk it out or not. Are you going to let the devil steal from you? You're going to let the devil try to kill you and destroy your life and your loved ones? Absolutely not. It's illegal. According to my covenant. So Jesus, watch this, in John chapter 3, he has a discourse or a talk with this man named Nicodemus. So there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, who came to Jesus by night. And I don't think it was just that it was dark, even though it was. I think there was some darkness in Nicodemus. That he was not so sure about his own uh, eternal state. And he said, Rabbi, I know you're a teacher. You come from God. For no man can do these miracles except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. Now look at the, uh, uh, the, the net version, the new uh, English translation. Notice what it says. Jesus replied, I tell you, the psalm truth, unless a person is born from what? Above. above. Now that word above is very, very important. Unless you're born from above. Someone say Above. Now, that is a very strong Greek word. And it's literally, it means, uh, it, it's, it's pronounced uh, Anathon. It's A-N-O-T-H-E-N, Anathon. And literally what it means is, so like when uh, Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate, and Pontius was trying to be real tough, like some of these people in government are. And he says, Jesus, do you know that I have the power to crucify you? And up until that point, Jesus really hadn't said much. But he says something with so much authority backing him from God, from above. He looks at Pontius Pilate and he says, you have no power unless it had been given to you from my father, watch this, above. God himself has given me this power, Pontius Pilate. Do you know what Pontius Pilate did? He goes washed his hands, man, there was so much authority from God the Father on Jesus backing up what he said. That's part of what that life, that above meant. Another example is when the Bible says that the the veil of the temple was rent from the top down to the bottom. It literally means that God himself, or wasn't it the bottom up? I can't remember. Top to the bottom. What am I thinking? Some of you are messing me up. So anyway, no, from the top, because what it means from above, it literally means God himself came and his power tore that veil. So that now you have access with him. So you can understand where this word, you have to be born from above. You have to be born from the place where God himself dwells. His life dwells. Okay, this is why. Look at what Jesus said. He says in John uh, 3.13, he says, And no man has ever ascended up to heaven. But he that has come down from heaven. So what did Jesus do? He came down and he said, it's even the Son of Man which is of heaven. So Jesus is saying, look, I've come down from heaven. But when I speak, I speak with life. And that life is from God, from the place that I've come from. That's why John chapter 5, verse 26, I'll quote this one. For as the father, it says this, for as the father has Zoe or life in him, so he has given that same Zoe life to me. So Jesus, why did he walk around with so much miracles, signs and wonders? Why couldn't they kill him? Well, because Jesus, you know, he didn't lay his life down. Yeah, but he was so full of God. He knew what was his rights, amen, and privileges. That's why he would have to lay his life down because he lived in that blessed life. That's why John 14 says this. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the Zoe. I am the life. Then he said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Some people think that the blessed life or the God kind of life that you get is only reserved for when you get up into heaven where there's no sickness, no disease, no sorrow, no, no torment, no depression, no struggles. Come on, uh, no hardships. That's the eternal Zoe life will be with God. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about that when you are born from above... When you receive God himself into your life, immediately that Zoe life, the God kind of life, comes inside of you. And it's also your rights of how you can demand, not only before God, but you demand before the devil, you cannot touch me. I live in the blessed life. I live in Zoe. Amen. I'm going to prove it to you. So why did Jesus come? John 10, verse 10, I come so that I may give you life, come on, Zoe, and life more abundantly. Look at 3 John 2. So this is really in 3 John 2 what you and I need to choose. We receive it by grace, but we still have a daily choice. When something tries to mess with you, no, 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 that's against Zoe. It's not the blessed life. I'm not going to receive poverty. I'm not going to receive debt. I'm not going to receive sickness and disease, Jesus paid, I have a covenant now through his blood, I have a right to a blessed life, the Zoe life of God. Third John two, beloved, I wish above how many things? All All means all. I declare or I pray above all things, That you may prosper. In other words, that you may have in the God kind of life, that you may have success. That it'll be so well with you that you will have prosperity, financial means. Whenever uh, somebody has a need, you'll be right there because God's blessed you so much. And that you'll be in health. Wow, sounds like uh, God wants you healthy and he wants you blessed. What do most people die of? Most people die from sickness. And they die broke. And yet God said, look, you're supposed to leave an inheritance. Well, part of that inheritance is that your children will see you go peacefully. Amen? Not tragically. Not in sickness. Amen? Come on, this is your blessed life that you have a covenant right to. It's set before you. You can choose the curse. You can choose the way of COVID. You can choose the way of, well, you know, it's your birthday. You know, they bring those black balloons in. Man, if somebody brought black balloons, I would pull out my concealed weapon and I'd shoot every single one of them right there. And then I'd run them out. Get out of here. I live the blessed life. Above all things, you may prosper. Be in health and notice you got to have part of this package is you got to have a healthy soul. That's why Psalm 1, the opening text is part of living in the blessed life is you are not involved listening in the counsel of the ungodly. You tune on the news and you watch a bunch of stuff. I'm telling you to get down in your soul and then people wonder why they don't have a healthy mind. They wonder why they're afraid. Well, are you watching crime shows all day? They wonder why they're messed up in their marriage. Because you're watching soap operas all day, woman. I mean, it's so bad that the lady, you know, waits for her husband to come home and she doesn't have a stitch of clothes on. He walks in and says, wow, nice outfit. When would you get that? Never mind how messed up some people are. you got to have a healthy soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, go to Genesis chapter 2. i got to hurry. So, in Genesis chapter 2, watch how this God kind of life came into Adam. Now, how many of you know about Adam and Eve? What happened with Adam and Eve? Okay, God, it says in Genesis 2 verse 7, breathed into Adam the breath of life. Sss, plural. The breath of lives. And what that breath of lives mean in Hebrew is he had not only uh, life that could deal in the spirit realm, but he also had life that could deal in the natural realm. That's why it was plural. Yes. Amen. He could talk to God in the cool of the day. And yet he could also command in the garden, but he had God's very life in him. Now, how many remember this story? What was the first thing that the devil did when here this man is walking around in the image of God himself? Has the God kind of life. Now, think about the God kind of life that was breathed into Adam in the garden. Was it ever recorded that Adam had the sniffles? Was it ever reported when Adam and Eve, you know, were kind of wanting to get together that Eve had a headache? Did they lack anything? Uh, You are a tough crowd, man. I'm throwing (laughs) stuff out here and y'all just, okay. Because they lived so much with God inside of them, but also what God provided in the blessed life. Now, what did the devil do? He came to challenge the blessed life. That's why he got them to sin. So he could take that blessed life from them. That's what the devil does to you today. Through your covenant, when you are born from above, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said in John 3, he said, Nicodemus, you have to be born from above. And Nicodemus goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You mean I have to enter into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless you're born of the water, and that word water, it's translated translated for the natural. And it literally means bios, where you get biology, Okay, that's another uh, definition of life in the Greek. Bios, right? How many of you are a biologist? Okay, and you understand male and female as a biologist. How many of you as a common sense person knows what a male is and a female is? Okay, so he said, no, it's not the bios, But he said, you can't just be born of the water, the bios. You have to be born of the spirit. And that is where you get Zoe. You have to have that kind of life that comes from above. And when you do, you have now a legal right to walk in the blessing of health, of wholeness. Amen. Amen. Prosperity, blessing. But what does the devil try to do? The same thing that he did in the garden. He tries to talk you out of it. Oh, that's just extreme. Oh, he doesn't know what you're going through. No, I don't know what you're going through. But you do, and what you need to do is determine, am I going to choose this? This isn't the way of my covenant. This is the curse. Anything that is opposite of what Jesus paid for is the curse. He took your pain. So if you got pain in your body, that's the curse. Say, no, 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 no. The blessed life doesn't tolerate that. Depression, fear, anxiety, and the crown of thorns on his says, No, 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 no. Get off of me. I live in the blessed life. Amen. Amen. So notice the first thing. After God, he breathes into Adam the breath of life. He gives him that God kind of life. The devil comes to try to take it out. And notice, though, we got to back up to the prior chapter. And notice the first thing that God does after he breathed into Adam. Verse 28, and God blessed them. Notice the first thing God did is he said, all right, I've given myself. You are the first spirit-filled man. And now you have the blessed life. And he blessed them. And then he taught them how to live in the blessing. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Well, you can't do that if it's Adam and Steve. This is Bible 101. You couldn't live the blessed life. So the first thing God does is he gives him absolute the blessed life. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to move ahead in some things. Now, I want you to see here, look at what your blessed life consists of. Look at Psalm 103. Look at verses 1 through 6, because... This is what you have a right to. David said in the word, he said, bless the Lord. No, notice what he's saying is the place that you really need to settle. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Because how many times are you choosing to live the blessed life and then all of a sudden your body starts acting up and your mind starts telling you, see, it doesn't work. See, you ain't healed, right? You try to live the blessed life, and you're having financial, uh, you know, struggles, and you're watching the gas prices go up, and you give your tithe. What does your mind say? What in the world are you doing? Don't you know that you won't have any money at the end of the week? So you got to have a healthy soul. you got to speak to your mind, amen? Say, mind, I live the blessed life. And always remember, you are a triune being. Your spirit is the most dominant part of you. This is just an outer shell. Your spirit, that's why Jesus said in the garden when they kept falling asleep, he said, man, come on. The spirit is willing. Your flesh is weak. If you will just be willing in your spirit, the strong dominant side of you, your flesh will get in line. Most people do whatever their body says. Their body doesn't feel like getting out of bed. They don't get out of bed. Then they don't pray. They don't go to church. They don't get involved because, you know, I just got too much pain. Too much problems. Right? If your soul is jacked up, oh, you know, I feel like everybody's looking at me, talking about me. Well, that's a jacked up soul. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and you're not letting your spirit dominate. Yeah. Amen? So notice, bless the Lord with my soul and all that's within me. Bless his only name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all or any of his benefits. You can come to the piano, please. He forgives us. Now, here's his benefits. First thing he does is he addresses the sin issue. People say, well, I'm not worthy. You don't know what I've done. Well, I don't know what you've done, but I want to help you to settle what you're doing. Because if you, it's one thing to say, well, you don't know what I've done and you're not doing it anymore. It's another thing if you say, oh, you don't know what I've done and what I keep doing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So he forgives you of all your iniquities, purposeful sins, okay? And he heals you. Notice I've had some people say, well, you know, Pastor Hank, I believe the reason that that person has sickness is because they sin somewhere. Well, that's why the Bible says if you've committed any sin, ask for forgiveness, He's faithful and just to forgive. God settles it. Amen. And then notice you have a right to be healed. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. That's part of your blessed life. And notice this one. He redeemed. Now, how did Jesus redeem you? Come on. Man, through a terrible, absolute, excruciating crucifixion, our Savior, our Lord shed his blood paid for you, your life that you receive from above that you don't have to live in destruction that means you don't have to live in tragedy, you don't have to live in calamity you don't have to live in poverty you don't have to live in sickness, come on sickness destroys you don't have to live with COVID-19 or COVID-18 or whatever else they want to name it you don't have to live in pain and in sorrow, you have been redeemed as part of the blessed life from things that come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said it, John 10, put our verse back up. He said, Listen, the devil is the one that destroys, the devil is the one that kills, the devil is the one that does these things. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. How did He do it? Through redemption. And because you're redeemed, you're paid for by his blood. Notice what your benefit is. Psalm 103 verse 4. You are redeemed from anything that steals, kills, and destroys. You don't have to let have it. You mean to tell me, Pastor Hank, I don't have to die tragically? No, you don't. And you ought to put your foot down and say it ain't going to happen. It's outside of your blessed life. He Redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you, watch this, with loving kindness and tender mercy. Satisfies your mouth with good things so that even your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's what you need to be speaking over your birthday. I may be 56, but honey, I'm 30. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all those that are oppressed. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 9. I want to end with this. Pastor Doug, you can start coming, but I ain't done yet, man. Now, watch this. I got to show you this because some people, they just, you know, they say, well, that's their time. You know, somebody tragically dies or must have been their time. Okay, if Jesus became the curse, can you imagine that? So he became sickness, he became disease, but he also became premature death. He died at 33 years of age so that was part of the curse so that why I mean Jesus could have he could have lived to be 40 why did God say 33 I don't know I just know that it was premature wouldn't you say short life so that you can have the God kind of blessed life that lives long and I'm going to show you you have a covenant right to go to heaven not with tubes stuck in your arms or die tragically you have a right to live long. Well, pastor, what is what is that age? Well, the Bible says in the book of Genesis that man shall live 120. I'm going to show you. Do you know Psalm 91? How many ever heard of Psalm 91? Put up the last verse. I think it's Psalm 91. Is it verse uh, 16 or 13? The last verse of Psalm 91. Look at it and then we'll come back to Hebrew. This is, okay. With long life, with long life, That's why Jesus died prematurely as the curse, so that you, living in the blessing, can live what? With long life, I will satisfy you. You know what that literally means in the Hebrew? It literally means that in the lifespan of man that God has given to man to live on earth, that with long life will I satisfy you. That word satisfy means as many sunsets and sunrises that you choose within that lifespan. That's why you need to say, Father, I'm going to live long. I'm going to live strong. I'm going to live in health and wholeness. You're not just saying it. You are claiming your right, your Zoe right of life that was given to you and blood was shed to seal the deal. Look at here. Go back to uh, Hebrews. I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 9, very quickly. It is appointed, so there is a time that man will die once. So it's appointed unto men to die, is that right? Did, did God say what that age would be? I've set before you death and life. You're the one that's supposed to choose life. You're the one that needs to say no. My my mansion is not going to be finished prematurely. Because I ain't coming up there prematurely. I have a right to live long on this earth as part of what you paid for, Jesus. I'm going to show you. You have a covenant to back it. So look here. Everybody will die a natural death. Now here's what you have to understand. The enemy also loves to schedule appointments for you. Look at Psalm 79, verse 11. Have you ever had an appointment that somebody set for you that you said, heck with that, I ain't keeping that appointment. How I many you ever had a doctor's appointment and they schedule it for you for a follow-up? And they were going to do some kind of procedure, but God healed you. Guess what you did? i reject that appointment. I don't need that appointment. So you have an appointment with death at some point. As part of the God kind of life, it's supposed to be in long life. I know I'm messing with your theology, but I'm gonna show you. It isn't my theology. I'm gonna show you covenant rights. Let the sighing of the prisoners come before me. So, they, so the psalmist was writing, man. They were, the, they were going through a lot. And he said, let the prisoner come before thee and according to the greatness of your power. So he's calling out to God now on behalf of the people in his own life. Preserve us. Preserve me. Preserve us. Those that are what? Appointed to die. Now whose appointment is that? It isn't God or he wouldn't be calling them out. He's saying we are being viciously attacked. We are like prisoners. We are crying out for your power. We are crying out for our rights and our privileges. That you would preserve us. In other words, the devil scheduled appointments for us to die i'm asking you god to preserve us with your power and to cancel those appointments come on the devil comes to steal kill and destroy the devil is the one that goes about like a roaring lion he would love to set an appointment with your name prematurely on it you gotta say i reject that i cancel every demonic appointment and schedule the enemy has said of those things that come to steal kill and destroy no it's against my covenant and I reject it I sever it now watch this look here I want you to look at Galatians 3 verses 13 through 14 and then we're gonna back up to a scripture and close with this I'm gonna show you your covenant Jesus Again, through his blood, through the cross, paid for, redeemed us from the curse of the law. I just told you. Jesus was made that curse. Okay, what was part of the curse? Anything that steals, kills, and destroys. Jesus said it. It's opposite of him. Okay. Does premature death steal? Absolutely. Does sickness steal? Does it kill? yes and he said Jesus was made that curse for it is written now watch this did Jesus, was this Jesus cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree okay so did Jesus hang on a tree did he hang on the cross but why, here it is here's your blessing so that the blessings of what well I just thought that was with the Jews and with Abraham Mm mm-mm You have a right. That's why the Bible says that Abraham is the father of us all. Are you listening? So the Abrahamic blessing that the Jews have is also yours. You see this with the example with Abraham with his servant Eleazar. The blessing came to him and he was a Gentile. That's why the the Syrophoenician woman said, yes, but even the dogs, us Gentiles get the crumbs. In other words, I'm reminding you, thou son of David, coveted talk, even Gentiles got the blessing that came from the table that you set with Abraham. Cursed is every man that hangs on the tree. Jesus was made that curse, why? So that the blessings of Abraham may come on us, the gentiles through jesus christ so what jesus did when he hung on the cross not only did he establish a new covenant he grabbed that abrahamic covenant and brought it through the cross and now gave it to us you say well how important is that well you go back to genesis 12 the bible says that you will have an increase of an abundant of favors he'll cause your name to be famous you will you you will lend and not borrow (laughs) come on But notice Genesis 15, talking about this blessed life to live long. Look at what he said to Abraham, an old man. Look at what he said. Genesis 15. This is what Jesus brought through, come on, the cross for us Gentiles, non-Jews. Are you ready? Genesis 15, verse 15. He's speaking to Abraham, cutting a covenant with him. And notice the covenant blessing or right that he legally had you abraham shall go to your fathers in peace that is not covid that is not with with some kind of uh uh, tube hanging out of your body that's not being held in the jaws of death or suffering you shall go to your fathers in peace nothing missing nothing broken well if god gave that to my father abraham and Jesus, when you died on the cross, that's my same right too. So when I go, I'll go in peace. And you will be buried. Didn't say cremated. I'm not against those that get cremated. That's between you and whoever. But this man was to be buried. In what? A good old age. Well, you know, he lived to be a good old age. He lived to be 180 years old now go to go 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 and look at what happened genesis 25 this is what you need to claim this is your same covenant right to live long psalm 91 he will satisfy you with long life as many sunsets and sunrises in the span of man this is your covenant blessing this is your right then abraham gave up the ghost he died in what kind of age wow Wow, he lived out his covenant blessing. He was an old man. This is what you need to pray over, over yourself. Lord, I'm going to die in a good old age. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Part of my Abrahamic covenant. And I'm going to die an old man or I'm going to die an old woman. Not a grumpy one. <laughs> full of what? Years. And was gathered to his people. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. That's the blessed life. So right now, as you stand to your feet, I decree over everyone in the sound of my voice that every demonic appointment, schedule, agenda that the enemy has tried to form, to schedule, to appoint with your name on it, your loved one, your spouses, your family, your pets, we command in the authority of our blessed covenant that that is absolutely severed and canceled, rejected. We receive our appointment and schedule in long life. We will go to our fathers in peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, and our graves in a good old age because Jesus, you became the curse. You hung on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham is mine i claim every one of those blessings and i thank you it's in in my life in jesus name give god a big high five